0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot...
1: Hey everybody, welcome to the True Crime Squad. I'm Christy Brower here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Katie Weaver. Hey Katie. Hello. Well, how's it going? Oh, it's going good. I saw an exciting post on your Facebook page. You did.
0: A little yep. mysterious. Right? Uh, it was 260 different colors of embroidery <laughs> thread. <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> that is, yep. well that's a lot of colors let's just say yes uh because we did order a 15 needle uh commercial embroidery machine that from the late uh bill of lading looks to me like it may be delivered tomorrow Ooh. it's has left salt lake city and is on its way this direction as we speak so how exciting yeah that's faster than we expected shipping so that's pretty cool and yeah so yeah i spent quite a bit of time today looking at 260 uh, different colors of embroidery thread trying to find some good ideas for uh organizing them in a way that makes any sense whatsoever and <laughs> right. yeah it's uh, but wow it's pretty cool to look at like you know all the different shades of blue and all the different shades of green and then watch them bleeding into each other and yeah Yeah, that is the colors it's cool it's very freaking cool so i'm way excited i can't wait we are going to make some very cool stuff i can tell you already
1: i think so well that's very cool well welcome everybody this is our wednesday night uh case updates live stream and we got a lot to talk about, but I wanted to welcome you all into the chat. Those of you that are joining us live, uh, smiling Sarah, cranky Ali Fair, uh, who is hinting that we should be live every day. <laughs> mm-hmm. DB, Jacqueline, Barbara, Amy, uh, GG, Sherry, Fran, Spirit. Welcome, welcome, welcome to all of you and. To all of you listening after the fact, or if you're not able to join us in the chat, welcome to you as well. It's nice to have you here.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: Absolutely. Welcome, Lindsay, who just joined us. Yeah, so I know it would be fun to be live every day, but I just don't know. (laughs) I don't know if we got it it in us. (laughs) Oh, but (laughs) we do have uh, lots of stuff to share Lots of news, you know, as always in the in the true crime world. So many updates going on here. So, uh, Katie, I thought this was pretty darn good news in the Maya Millette case. Why don't you start us off with that?
0: Yes, this is good news. So, uh, we had talked last week that Larry was uh, her <laughs> husband, Larry Millette or Millett, uh had been charged with. Uh, you know, had been charged and he's been sitting in jail waiting to go to trial on her murder. And they've been in court for the last two weeks in a preliminary hearing. And that preliminary has wrapped up and the judge has said definitely, yes, we're going on to trial. So that's really good news. One part of this I thought was so interesting. I, I have to, uh, I don't know. Well, I want to learn more. So we knew that one of the things that uh, Larry had done, according to family, was that he had been hiring spellcasters oh, yeah. and like black magic practitioners to compel Maya to, uh, or May, as her family called her, to uh, give up her plans for divorce and stay because uh, they had been kind of teetering on the edge of divorce for quite a while. And the, uh, you know, she had actually left him for a little while and lived with her brother and his his wife. And so, like, she'd been, you know, things had been not good. And and the day she disappeared, she had actually consulted with a defense or a divorce attorney. Anyway, so this part of this article uh, really grabbed me because one of the witnesses was talking about. Uh, the spellcasters. I want to know if it was the spellcasters. Yeah. He, according to evidence presented this week, he spent $1,154 for magic spells he believed could make his wife love him and remain in their marriage. He also paid for spells to have his wife injured, sick, or suffer from nightmares either as a form of punishment or so that she would be dependent on him, according to testimony.
1: Good Lord. So they've brought, wow.
0: He also ceased his requests for spells to be cast on his wife after she vanished. Yikes. Very interesting. But I'm, I'm trying to know who did, did they actually call like practitioners in? They must have. They're
1: witnesses to his intention.
0: This mofro was trying to cast spells on her for injury.
1: That's awful.
0: To be disabled, so she would have to rely on him. Like,
1: what the hell? Mm. (sighs) By the way, Spirit, I'm fine. Um, My dinner was being dropped off, and the rest of my family is on their way home right now. So that's why you heard the dogs really (laughs) loud. But everything's fine. They they can't live with it. No. That is very interesting, but yeah, that's that's got to be
0: that they've called them in to in as witnesses. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Alifair said, "I'm starting a new online business. Spells R us. We'll take orders to perform dark magic and instead cast good spells and call the police." There you go.
1: <laughs> Just like um, hireahitman.com. Yeah. <laughs> People actually <laughs> legit made requests from. <laughs>
0: He, he helped the police catch a bunch of people, but that's a great idea. Who knew this would be so easy? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, good news. This is going on to trial and I, I am so convinced that Larry did it. Uh, oh, we've reported yeah. on this case a lot, but I know that you guys are uh, aware of that as well. We've talked about it quite a bit. So of course we'll keep an eye on it. That trial won't be until later this year, but uh, yeah, good news
1: but it is good news. I mean, that, you know, they've got some pretty amazing evidence if a judge says yes to a murder trial without a body.
0: Mm -hmm. That was one of the things the judge said because the uh, defense, of course, one of their biggest, uh, you know, arguments against going to trial was your honor, there's no body. We can't, you simply cannot go to trial on murder without a body. And the judge actually cited several cases in which, uh, they have gone to trial without a body that that's really not a a valid defense. So anyway, there's
1: definitely proof that there is one somewhere. They just don't have it, but
0: wow. Yeah. Well,
1: good. Good. Uh, Larry Millet deserves whatever he gets.
0: Frankly. Mm -hmm. Absolutely.
1: Let's talk about uh, the um, Daybell Valo matter for a moment here. Um, You know, a lot of people, well, the media, families, us, community, everybody's unhappy about the camera ban in the the courtroom. Yeah. And family members um, are now coming forward. I think it's mostly Kay and Larry Woodcock are coming forward to ask the judge to reconsider Mm -hmm. allowing the cameras in the courtroom. Mm -hmm. So I think that's rather interesting. Yeah. I don't know that it will have any sway, really. You know, um But I mean, I, I think that it's there's a valid point here.
0: Even if he doesn't up until trial, but when the actual trial begins. Right. That would be extremely helpful to the families. And it should happen. Yeah. This is dumb. Well, Larry Woodcock, who is J.J. Vallow's grandfather,
1: said, This is unfair. I have total respect for the judge. I admire him so far so far for how he's run his court, but I think this was an ill-advised decision. I can understand keeping the cameras out in pre-trial, so hearings before the trial, but when that trial starts and those jurors are picked, it's time for the public and the families to be able to see that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, and I still, I'm not convinced that boys will do that anyway frankly. No. I, I think he probably will. Because mm-hmm. it, um at that point, there's no fear of jury contamination or anything like that.
0: Mm-hmm. I think so, too. I feel like when they get closer to that point that uh that order will come forward. I mm-hmm. mean, also, uh Chad's attorney also has a brief in to allow cameras. He's also a uh, said no to that. I think if Lori's Mm -hmm. camp would join that, that would probably end this.
1: It probably would. I just keep coming back to, is any of this gonna matter? Right. At least on Lori's part after that last hearing, I mean, I think it's very likely Lori's not going to, Mm -hmm. Lori's not going to trial. They're they're gonna plead it out.
0: Also, one thing on that we haven't mentioned that did happen in Idaho, is that uh, the Supreme Court preemptively ruled that, uh, or or, let's see who did the, yeah it was the supreme court have said now that uh they won't hear any cases on cameras in the courtroom not ruled but they have let up, put out a statement that they will not uh hear any cases about it that uh if a judge says they don't want cameras in their courtroom they don't have cameras in their courtroom and that's how it goes
1: right well i don't think that you can make a an across the board ruling on something like that because no situations are different, you know, it mm-hmm. cases are different, you know, locations are different. I mean, you think about what it takes to get here where mm-hmm. we live, if you are needing to fly in from somewhere else or something, that mm-hmm. is not as easy as you might think. You'll probably have to fly into Boise or Salt Lake City, mm-hmm. take a shuttle. Um there's one or two hotels in St. Anthony, Idaho, and they're tiny. Mm-hmm. Like two restaurants. So you yeah. know, it, you, you would absolutely have to have a rental car mm-hmm. and it's no easy feat. And so to be able to have that trial broadcast so that people mm-hmm. want to
0: watch it, well, no way, I mean, at I, that point it'll be important. anyway, they be anyway but, that's true. But, you but, you know, to come, to come to anything leading up to that. Come, yeah. 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 So yeah.
1: I, you know, I, I see the point. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah, and you're right, Paula. Paula says boys could easily regulate where the cameras are focused and allow them in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. He definitely could, you know. He could. I mean I suspect,
0: I, I honestly suspect he will at that point. Mm-hmm. The dust up that happened with uh, court TV, he approved where the camera placements were. Yeah, he did but then it <laughs> turned out he to be bad, would not Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we'll interesting. See. Scott Reich, uh says Scott Reich had a whole item on uh that. That without a body, 86% get convicted and with a body, 70% get convicted Um, because basically if you're going to court without a body, you've got all kinds of evidence or you wouldn't get there.
1: Right. Uh, You wouldn't get through the preliminary hearing. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. Otherwise, if you have a body, perhaps uh, not as much work is done to provide other evidence. Yeah. Interesting.
1: Yeah, very. So I I I think we're going to probably see cameras anyway. But it mm-hmm. it is good for the family to to weigh in. They've got you know they they understand the needs of the families. Yeah, and those aren't always really being looked at.
0: Mm-hmm. For sure.
1: Yeah, uh, Katie. There's been a little bit of movement in the West case. You want to tell us about that?
0: Yeah, just a little bit, uh, and it's backward movement. So mm-hmm. of course mm-hmm. we're talking about. The, uh, the West parents, you know, regarding the little boys, the West boys that were murdered uh, two years ago. And I feel like my article, I didn't get it pulled up. At any rate, uh, so we had done a catch up on them a couple of weeks ago, last week, just kind of updating them uh, as far as that case, you know. And of course, to, to, speaking of cases where bodies have never been found, same with these poor little guys. But yeah. they were supposed to have... Uh, Yeah, Trezell and Jacqueline West. They were supposed to have court uh, on the 20th uh, a check-in to make sure everybody was ready to go to trial on the 30th. Well Mm -hmm. they bounced that out by a few days and now they've assigned them a courtroom but that courtroom is already involved in a murder trial that's going to last several weeks and some of the attorneys involved in their case are also involved in a murder trial that's going to last several weeks. So They are not going to trial on the 30th. It could easily be March at this point before they go to trial. So, boo, boo, Yeah. but, uh, we'll obviously keep an eye on it. This case is just not getting very much attention and I, uh, I cannot understand why. But when I even just searching for basic information about it, updates and stuff, there isn't much. Yeah. I know it yeah, is it's sucks. it's sickening
1: mm-hmm. that there's not more coverage of this of this case because it is so horrific and I mean mm-hmm. I don't that's not why I want it covered but this calls into question the child protection system and you know all of that and we need to know about cases like this for people mm-hmm. to understand that there's is corruption in mm-hmm. those um departments and that this was allowed to happen with adoptive parents and these tiny little kids. And Mm -hmm. yeah, we need to know about these things because they affect Mm -hmm. our systems and that's
0: important. Absolutely. Yep. So that's, what's up with the West.
1: Okay. Thank you. Uh, Last week we covered a case um, where a six year old boy shot his school teacher and there is Mm -hmm. some, really disturbing information coming out of that case now. Yeah. And that is that this um school there were three different statements made to school administration earlier in the day that this young man had a gun and there were no actions taken. Yep. Um so it it's just insane. At one point he was searched by a teacher. Mhm. Who thought he had a gun, but couldn't find it. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And the teacher went to uh, the administrator and said, I think he has a gun, but it must be in his pocket. I need your permission to search him. The administrator said, oh, his pockets are little. He doesn't have a gun. I mean, what? Yeah. Like, why would you not just want to be sure? If you hear a gun...
0: Right. out of school. Isn't that with just children? Yeah. How does that not just make your blood run cold? Yeah. Yeah.
1: So then, a little after that, another teacher reports that um, a student had come to them crying, saying that this boy had shown him a gun at recess and threatened to shoot him if, this, if he told anyone. And uh, what did the administration do then? They didn't call the police no they did not lock down the school or evacuate the kids or confront the student and see if he did have a gun they didn't do any of those things nope so another it's unreal i i have no idea what the hell these people were thinking um another employee heard about this asked for permission to search here's here's the thing at this point why are we asking for permission to search if we think this kid has a gun mm-hmm. and i understand that they must have a policy that they can't search a child without per, without permission but this reminds me a little too much of uvalde where everyone's waiting around for the bus to tell them what to do if you think you're in a school with a kid with a gun and it's been confirmed this many times with other people why didn't you search him why didn't you call the police i mean mm-hmm. it was this fear of retribution fear of you losing their job why the hell would you not do everything to make sure that you got a hold of that gun and protected the students in the school?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I just, I don't understand. They just keep going to the administrators who, who says no. And so they go, Oh, okay. What? Yeah. Why are adults acting so ridiculously? Where mm-hmm. is your ability to be an adult and make a decision and do something to protect children mm-hmm. and you'll deal with the fallout later, yeah. you know? I, I just, I don't understand it. I think about our mom who was an elementary school teacher. Mm-hmm. Do you think she would have been asking the administration for permission to search? No. Hell no. She would have been on the phone to 911 with her in with her cell phone and mm-hmm. have searched that kid herself.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: I, I agree, Craig, yep. that they don't want to get sued. But in that moment, yep. which is more important? Yeah. You're, you're risking the safety of everybody in that building and all of these elementary school children or potentially a lawsuit down the road. Yeah. I don't understand. Like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: what is it going is on? It's scary, though, that that's the place we're in. It you is. Know?
0: And I agree, Paula, completely. It's true. Yeah. But,
1: I mean, in the moment, aren't you more interested in protecting the safety yeah. of those kids? Yeah. I mean, you can say sorry later and probably have um, justification for what you did, considering mm-hmm. the, life, the world we're living in.
0: Yep. But it, it blows me away. But what did Paula say? She said uh, if the reporting teachers had been men, that she suspects the response would have been different. Hysterical women, don't you know? For sure. I, totally I think agree. that's absolutely, absolutely true. Yep. But
1: I cannot imagine being present for something like that and not just searching that kid and calling the police. Mm-hmm. There is no way in hell. what is what is wrong? we we need adults to be courageous in this world, and it is not happening. Yeah. we're seeing a lot of weakness that is shocking to yep. me. yep. and it's not like they aren't all it's not like all adults are weak, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean the the man that disarmed the shooter in um Monterey Park over the weekend mm-hmm. and and protected a whole dance hall full of people absolutely. yeah. but yeah.
0: Yeah, it, it just,
1: it blows
0: me away. Yeah. Well, Amy said her mom stopped teaching 20 years ago because it got to the point that she couldn't do anything if a kid was acting out. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Cranky also worked in a school and said they could do nothing without the principal or admin involved. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. And but I mean, uh, right. when the principal and admin refused to get involved, wow. Yeah. Um, where did he have it? They have not said. Um. But
1: you know, clearly Mm -hmm. he did. He either had it in a pocket or down his pants or he hid it somewhere because then he went out to recess and had it. So it wasn't very far away. It couldn't have been. Yeah. 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 It's just crazy to me that, you know, we're so afraid of, of offending somebody to the point that we don't Make sure that a kid does not have a gun in school when other kids are saying this kid has a gun. Right. I mean, when When is enough going to be enough that we're going to
0: listen? Because even if what he had was a toy gun, I am certain toy guns aren't allowed at school. No kinds of guns are allowed at school. No. So how could it not have been okay to search for?
1: Right. I know. I, I agree. I absolutely yeah. agree. And, and I'm sure that... In them, they're looking back on it, you know, like, mm-hmm. well, the print the the superintendent's contract has been dropped. Mm-hmm. And most of the administration from that school have already quit because mm-hmm. they know they're screwed. They messed oh, yeah, up so bad. big time. They're they're quitting before they can fire them.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh the right. What about the parents? How did he get it? It was a gun owned by his mother. Mm-hmm. His mother said that it was secured, but I would like to know what that means, that your six-year-old can get a hold of it with ammunition.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. we, Sorry, you know, but there's... no,
0: it wasn't secured.
1: It no. absolutely was not. Yeah, that's that's not secured in any any way possible. So we are mm-hmm. still kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. But the reason that we know this now is because uh, the teacher, Abby Werner. She's suing the school. Mm-hmm. She was suing the district. Mm-hmm. Yep. They were unable to remove the body from her, or not the body, the bullet. The bullet is stuck in her chest and will be forever. Oh. Yeah. Yikes. But she's learned now that the administration knew about this and they yep. didn't do anything, and she got shot. Like, mm-hmm. How betrayed would you feel? Yeah. Yep. Right. Mom's lying or mm-hmm. something. Or it was yep. the dumbest secure location ever for the gun. Yeah. So yep. Uh, we will see what happens. We have <laughs> not. They'll
0: change the yeah. school's name to hers. They should, by God. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, this is just unbelievable. She will get a big payout that okay. she'll have to. But
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, we shall see. But that is horrifying to me. It's horrifying to me because you think about the Ethan Crumley uh, school shooting. Mm-hmm. And there were concerns about him all day that day.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: People had a pretty good idea there was something up with that kid.
0: Mm-hmm. Parents were called to the school.
1: Yep. They didn't take him. They didn't search him. Mm-hmm. And then he shot up his school. Yep. Like, when are we going to learn? Right. And what are they going to do with a six-year-old? So as far as I know, he's being held in a hospital, which is, Rhonda and I were talking about it. Like, where do you, where would even hold a six-year-old? And it would be a pediatric psychiatric um, unit is probably where he is until they decide what to, they can't even charge him. He's too young to be charged for right. this crime. Right. So they will hold him there and determine if he needs to be placed in foster care and placed into some kind of a treatment facility. that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, they can, in a situation like this, um, the state could actually take parental rights mm-hmm. uh, if they feel like parents cannot manage this child, which pretty clear they can't. Um, so you know, there's still a lot we don't know. Mm-hmm. but that's where we're at at this point. but that, information just just chills me to the bone.
0: Yep, for sure.
1: That that many adults knew.
0: Hmm.
1: And I mean the, the administrator is an idiot. But why did these other teachers not defy that rule? Why? Which what is more important? That rule or the safety of everybody in that building. Right. Yep. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh, let's see. Amy says, I was in eighth grade during Columbine. They were so strict then, it seems to have loosened up, and it's worse now than... Right. It it, We've seemed to have gone the other way.
0: Yeah, for
1: sure it has. Like, we don't know what he has said. Um, Nothing's been reported on what he's saying. And he's a minor, and he's in a hospital, so we're probably not going to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they could have taken the boy to the nurse's office, tell the nurse, right. Why not at least isolate him? Right. You know, had him lift, right. Having him lift his shirt, was it just tucked down his pants? That's right. what I'm thinking is it's tucked down his pants, shirt mm-hmm. over it. Um, But yeah, I mean, they just. Right.
0: And I mean, if he was wearing a hoodie, you know, or something that was a little more bulky, you may not have been able to see that. Right, right. Very,
1: very likely you couldn't have. But, But to say that yeah. he has little pockets. One of the yeah. things that the administrator said about the recess incident, and then when the when the other teacher came and said, "Hey, I want we need to search this kid," mm-hmm. the administrator said, uh, "It's school's almost out. Let's not worry about it." School. Oh, for the out. love! Wow. Yeah. Well, as I understand it, this kid had been um, a pretty significant behavior problem, and parents had been right. sitting with him in school, and this was like the first time that he didn't have a parent with him. So, yeah, he's obviously got major problems and Mm -hmm. aggression toward that teacher.
0: Yep. Well, and definitely what's going on at home. Right. And what's been said about that teacher at home Mm -hmm. that uh, could have uh, encouraged him to think that killing her was okay.
1: Yeah. It's
0: well, this wasn't
1: a male teacher. This was a female teacher, Jenna. Yeah. This was um, a 25-year-old female yep. teacher. I mean, do you think she'll ever teach again? I wouldn't. I feel for her, like... Oh, my God. What a huge disruption to her life. hmm Amy says, I have a six-year-old. All he cares about is Minecraft. What was wrong that this kid thought that was okay? Right. I think that... Um, Uh, You know, obviously, there's been um, threats of violence at home. There's been threats of violence with guns before for him to even know what to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. When did we start sitting with our kids at school? That is a thing sometimes, especially elementary. If you've got a child that just will not stay in their seat and will Mm -hmm. not participate, particularly in schools with Mm -hmm. little money, and they don't want to pay for an aid or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I yeah, I I don't think this has anything to do with the teacher harming this child. There's no evidence of that at all.
0: No, there, this what, is well. Go ahead. My theory is this: I'm guessing that she couldn't manage this kid. Yep, that she had trouble that, with him. Mm-hmm. There had been a bunch mm-hmm. of cases of the you know school talking to them. This right. was kind of you know that there had been you know a lot of back and forth between mom and the teacher that they were mad at each other, you know, or mom was mad at her right. for, you know, constantly writing her son up over whatever he did and then mm-hmm. making her have to disrupt her life by coming to school with him because she basically right. could not manage him right. and that things were said.
1: Yeah. I'm sure that they were, I, I agree. Cause there was so much anger there. Yeah. Where did that come from? But yeah, how did this kid even know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I agree, Jenna. There's got to be a reason that she was his target, but that's what I believe it is. I believe mm-hmm. that there was major beef between mom and teacher that resulted in this. That mm-hmm. there was a lot of shit talking at home, mm-hmm. and you well, know, and little boys ha- want to defend their mamas, mm-hmm. and also true. this kid obviously had some problems. Ah, uh, it's just a mess. Yep.
1: Yeah. Well, we shall uh, keep an eye on this, um, but that was a. Uh, a pretty yeah. disturbing um update that yeah we, that we got today definitely uh let's see katie oh there's some s- some
0: kind of good news in the cassie carley case it's super good news yes yeah yeah oh jenna i know you're not absolutely not yeah nope <clears throat> we should all be asking these questions i'm with you totally there is good news in cassie carley Remember that super disappointing news a couple of months ago Yeah, that, uh, Florida had dropped all of their charges. Yeah. You know, Georgia had brought no charges and Kentucky had brought no charges. And so Florida was like, all right, well, we'll charge him. This is Marcus Spanavello. If you're not sure which case I'm talking about, this was the case of his girlfriend and the mother of his child, Cassie Carley going missing. Um, Spanavello took off with their child he was finally picked up in kentucky uh and cassie carley was missing for some time and then they had uh, investigated a spot in georgia where spanovello had been doing some construction work and found cassie's body buried in some the soft dirt uh, in the barn mm-hmm. and that's how cassie was finally found so then he was kind of slowly extradited back to florida in which case the uh oh alabama sorry fran you're right yeah in which case uh finally florida charged him and then uh a couple of months ago they dropped the charges basically because they're saying that they really can't charge him because the uh they don't know what happened where. We don't know where she was kidnapped, where she was murdered. There's a lot of things we don't know. So now finally Alabama, not Georgia, Alabama. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Alabama, uh, they did finally charge him with the abuse of a corpse, but that's all they had charged him for. Well, finally today, a federal grand jury has issued an indictment for him for charges resulting or, uh, the charges are kidnapping resulting in death. So the federal grand jury said, they alleged that he knowingly used a means facility and instrumentality of interstate and foreign commerce, including, but not limited to a cell phone and a GMC motor vehicle, which offense resulted in the death of Cassie Carley. Part of the problem has been that her death, the coroner does not know how she died. Right. And that's been a part of uh, the is challenge. Is this similar
1: to felony murder, do you think?
0: Yeah, I would say so. The uh, punishment, the range is kidnapping to or of, of kidnapping resulting in death is prison or the death penalty. So, I mean, it's they're, they're pretty enhanced charges. Yeah.
1: Good. Well, yeah. good. That's so much better than what we've been hearing. Yeah. That's terrible to think that he would get away with this because they can't figure out how, how she died.
0: Yep. So it's great news that there are charges and that a grand jury indicted, so a federal grand jury. So that gives me hope that uh, they will finally be able to really make him pay for what happened to Cassie. I mean, they have all of these like frayed pieces, but haven't been able to put them all together. So, yeah. Well, it wasn't Alabama. Well, yeah, it was, I guess it was a federal grand jury in Alabama. Mm -hmm. And and he also does still have those charges of abuse to a corpse. So at least there's something. Yeah. Yeah,
1: it is. And, you know, in in other quite good news and shocking, like we've we've been seeing a lot of real precedent setting things lately. Mm -hmm. And one of them is that Judge Brewer, who is the judge over the civil case between the Petitos and the Laundries, Gabby Petito, Brian Laundries family, um, Petitos have wanted to add Laundries attorney, Steve Bertolino, to their lawsuit. And the judge has said yes to that.. Yeah. That is humongous. Usually mm-hmm. attorneys are protected from this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. But we all know, those of us that followed that case all mm-hmm. the way through, that that attorney was heavily involved uh-huh. in their lying and mm-hmm. you know pretending like they didn't know anything and, and the way that they treated Gabby's family and mm-hmm. it was horrific. And so this civil lawsuit now will include their attorney, Steve Bertolino. Mm-hmm. That's a big yep. deal.
0: Suck it, Steve. You yes. so have this coming. It's, he does. Oh, my gosh. Absolute jackass. Yes. Yep.
1: Yeah. He, he did all the wrong things in this situation. He did absolutely yeah. nothing no. to, to, you know, have concern for the person who was murdered. Mm hmm. Well, not and, to mention the way that they handled this with Brian to the point that instead of turning him over the way that they should have, they let him go off and, and take his own life. And it mm-hmm. just, it was
0: wrong on every level. Oh, and allowed a massive search for oh. Gabby in the Teton Wilderness where yeah. it's a miracle they found her for one, but for two, people could have been injured. Like that is not a safe place. It's not safe terrain at all. And they allowed this wide-scale search to happen for her, knowing damn well where she was and what happened. Right. Just, I guess, hoping they'd never find her. Same for Brian. I mean, I think that Florida
1: Mm -hmm. should be suing the laundries. I mean, the fact that they walked to him in, like, 20 minutes, Mm -hmm. they let them search that whole friggin' time, Mm -hmm. and they knew. It's just gross. So that is awesome news. I'm excited to see where that goes and what happens with that.
0: I hope he gets disbarred.
1: Yeah, I do too. He, he has definitely crossed a huge line here. Yeah. Uh, Katie, there's uh, some fireworks in Murdoch and some good movement forward.
0: <laughs> oh, Lordy. I will say that we got a really helpful note from a listener. Uh, Explain to us what uh, the colloquial uh, way to say Alec's name is. And it oh. is Alec Murdoch.
1: Alec Murdoch?
0: hmm wow now even the prosecutor today called him Murdoch and Murdoch and said however you want to say it uh, <laughs> so there must be some uh you know no one knows no one knows so I'm just gonna call him Murdoch because uh there's a lot of things I could call him top of the FOS list uh, uh, mostly yeah. so they boys and girls we have a jury They fought it out only for a couple of days, which I think is pretty miraculous. I really thought
1: it was going to be longer than that.
0: I did too. Uh, But they did finally sit a jury. And it is eight women and four men and then a few uh, alternates. And they started opening, uh, I was going to say opening ceremonies, good Lord, uh, opening arguments today. Mm -hmm. (laughs) True to form. Dick Harpootlian. Yep, yep, that guy. In his opening statements, he had Alec stand and honor him. He had him stand while he gave his, his statement and said, I just want to I want to tell you tell you Alex uh what a what an honor it is for me to uh to be representing you. Like what? trying to put him up on a pedestal so that the people in this town remember. Oh. That uh, Murdoch is royalty. Yeah, really Are you gross. Freaking kidding! Me? That is so disgusting. Mm-hmm. I can't even. Yeah, yeah. Why it's... did the judge allow that? Super muck duper gross. Yep, the absolute worst. Uh he yeah. <laughs> and Harpootlian said the things you would expect him to say. I mean, I don't think it was uh, any kind of surprise. The Prosecution basically uh, said that uh, they are going to prove through cell phone data, mostly cell phone data. He brought that up quite a bit, uh, you know, as well as a lot of testimony that he absolutely did this. Apparently, there have been there are weapons strewn about that property hidden in various places. And Murdoch was unable to uh, locate two of the guns after they were searching for them after these murders uh it is believed that they were shot with family weapons uh the fight over the t-shirt is interesting so the t shirt that murdoch had when he went to visit his mother and came back to uh you know to find them so here's the going story now i mean the story had been at one point that he uh he wasn't even home he was he was off visiting his mother when this happened and then he came home and and they were dead okay Well, now the story is that he'd been in the house sleeping on the couch. And at nine something, he phoned his wife twice and she didn't answer. And then they, he went over to check on his mother, spent 20 minutes with her and then came back home. And that's when he found this crime scene. Pretty interesting, but definitely not the whole uh, story that was told before. And, The Snapchat video, that's one of the things we discussed the other day. That's one of the things that is going to uh, really create some, some big energy is that uh, the Snapchat video that his son shot was out in the dog kennel and in the video, he, and it was a video that he sent and took of one of their dogs and sent it to multiple friends, Mm -hmm. but his mother and father's voices can be heard in the video. And the video was sent five minutes before they believe that uh, Paul was shot. Wow, pretty interesting. Well, Murdoch is mm-hmm. screwed. He is. The prosecutor that pulled no punches. Yeah. Out of the water that he said. Oh yeah. The prosecutor pulled no punches in the uh, in his uh, opening statements. He brought up very gruesome, grisly details. But, uh, wow. well, so here's the thing they with are the shirt. Yikes. The shirt, the blood spatter on the shirt is minute. It's minuscule. It is the shirt that he wore to his mother's and back. And one of the things that uh, the de- defense is going to argue is that he would have been covered in blood had he done something like this. Well, apparently there was very minuscule blood spatter on the shirt. And they're saying that at the uh, range that, maggie was shot he likely wouldn't have had any blowback but at the range that his son was shot uh there could have been a bit of blowback and they're saying that it was Mm -hmm. so uh, there's a lot it's very you know there's a lot of evidence here this is going to go on for a while but we'll. It it is but it sounds like maybe
1: the shirt is not as important as we first thought with Mm -hmm. this other information what about the raincoat did you see
0: that Oh yeah, I did that. There is a raincoat that's been uh, brought into evidence that also had some blood on it. Yeah, some blood matter yeah. on it. Yeah, but that's something yeah. new. Well, and yes. it has
1: some um, GSR on it too. I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh yes. Also. Uh, yeah. The nine one. Yeah. When uh, it happened, Alex told the nine one one operator, "You're right, Tim, uh, that he was visiting his dying father in the hospital." Yeah. He's told multiple stories. Also. Uh oh, my train of thought is not here tonight. Uh yes, anyway, there there's all of that and so much more that oh, I know. The police said or the prosecutor said that he they believed that his plan was to try to cast doubt on who had killed these two and try and make it sound like it had someone to do with Paul's uh, drunk boating accident that it had to be somebody associated to them like right. that you know you know he tried to set another kid up for that in the first place after it happened and try and talk the other victims into telling the police that that other boy was driving right right anyway and yes alex cried in court yeah right. <laughs> robin Hedrill said alex had ghost pepper powder in his hanky yeah probably but yeah
1: yeah i mean I, it's pretty tough to have any sympathy for that guy, to be perfectly
0: mm-hmm. honest. Yeah. Wow. For sure. So we'll keep an eye on it. It's going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And it it's is been, televised. Quite a trail. Yeah. So we'll be able to share a lot of it, which I think is mm-hmm. good.
1: Yeah. Well, let's talk about the Moscow murders. Um, there's There's been an interesting development come forward mm-hmm. regarding the attorney that is representing Brian Coburger. apparently her name is Ann Taylor and apparently she was initially going to represent Xana Cronodelsum yeah and then dropped her as a client to represent Brian
0: mm-hmm.
1: really problematic situation here And uh, lots of questions about if what's the judge going to allow in this Mm -hmm. situation? Are they going to consider that a conflict of interest? Mm -hmm. We shall see, you know, we went through a similar thing with um, uh, Mark means Mm -hmm. and Lori Vallow and Chad Dabo, because he originally um, represented Chad very briefly. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the prosecution came back over and over and over again trying Mm -hmm. to get him removed from this case, Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, this was a conflict of interest. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. You can't have represented one side of a case and then represent the other. Yeah. Well, that's
0: exactly what's going on here. Yeah. And why? Why? It's hard to not worry that this is a case she's trying to hang her hat on. Right. She just really, really doesn't want to step away from. So she's not going to unless the courts do it for her. Right. What was it's the motivation gross. here? I mean, I, you're right, Sansa. She absolutely should recuse herself. She should. Yeah, not she just
1: needs to remove herself completely because mm-hmm. she has screwed up. Yes, mm-hmm. she is a public defender, mm-hmm. but a lot of public defenders here in mm-hmm. in, in, in Idaho um, have private practices as well. So yeah. Zana's mother had hired her. Mm-hmm. Then the opportunity to be the public defender for Brian came up, mm-hmm. and she dropped Zana's mother. Mm-hmm. to do that
0: yeah well Not right cool. and fran you're right she has represented zana's mother since 2017 yeah. this isn't she was representing her for a few minutes she's been representing her for six years in various matters right
1: and then was you know because most of the parents in this case have their own attorneys now mm-hmm. and yeah i i don't think it's going to fly i think the courts are going to make her her um Recuse herself and they'll have to bring in somebody else. If the courts are smart, they will. Yeah. Right. We, there shouldn't be any question about bias. Mm-hmm. And her having represented one of the
0: victims' mother. Yes. What not one, too. Well, yeah. Two. Fran, oh stepmother. I was I didn't know that notes. Yes, she also has recently represented Maddie's stepmother.
1: Good yeah. God. That is terrible. She has mm-hmm. to remove herself. And if she doesn't, the courts got to. That is that that's grounds for appeal and mm-hmm. maybe mistrial. Like that's bad. Why would the
0: state want to pay for that?
1: You know, right, why would the state want to? Pay? That, and, and
0: that's terrible.
1: You know, maybe I don't know. I don't know what their resources are up there as far as death penalty certified attorneys are. I was just going to ask many that too. This Do is not know? a highly populated part of Idaho we can
0: find out we've looked it up before be worth looking
1: you know. Yep, i'll take a quick peek paula says you would think the court would not have appointed her to the case at all well but they may not have known this may be that this is just coming out mm-hmm. yeah this is bad
0: what is her name anne Ann taylor taylor yeah she could uh, be trial lead or co-counsel lead
1: Man, let's not screw this up. Yep. They can wait for John Pryor after the trial. <laughs> <laughs> well Pryor is not a public defender.
0: <laughs> I hear Martin's uh, is available.
1: <laughs> no, he's not in the state anymore. Thank you <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, or Archibald, Archibald or or um John Thomas from here could do it, but they're both, of course, on the mm-hmm. Dave trial. Yep. Um yeah that is that that's a concern is it maybe she was asked to do it because there's not anybody else but you can't have that kind of of
0: uh, conflict there there's no way in hell no that has to go away and she should get a real rebuke for yeah not stepping up in the first place or maybe she did if she didn't i guess i should say it that way she should really be rebuked for allowing this This shouldn't have ever even begun to happen.
1: No, she should have said, no, I can't. And this is why.
0: Yeah. This is all wrong. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That is yikes. So we'll see what happens. Um, You know, they got away with it on, on Lori Vallow's case for two years before finally the judge was like, okay, we've had enough of this shit. Yeah. It wasn't just that issue. It was more than that, but. Yeah. Yikes. Not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe we should start calling her Clarence Thomas, right?
0: <laughs> and I'm, I'm sure she's else a great attorney, but themselves.
1: why would you do something that could screw up this murder trial? Like this is, mm-hmm. yeah, not cool.
0: It's hard to see it as anything other than ego. And, yeah, you know, I hope yeah. I'm wrong, but that's how it looks. I, there's a part of me that says, but wait a minute, is
1: there no one else in her community? And they You know, is it possible that the judge knows and they're like, well, um, you know, we need you. We're a small place. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Good point, Sansa. She said, uh, I'm sure Brian would have refused her if he knew. Uh, Well, would would he? I mean, yes, on the the surface, except for that uh, knowing that we could go through this entire trial. And if I lose, I could cart all of this to the surface and... uh, Use it right. as a reason to file for, you know, insufficient uh, or, you know, for bad represent- representation, maybe. I don't know. I guess you could yeah. look at it from both directions. But I would think Brian would definitely not want her for these reasons. You would think
1: because she's biased toward the victim, mm-hmm. that, you know? Yeah. Right. Zanna is very, Zanna's mother's very angry. And, it's, mm-hmm. and you're right, you guys, it's possible that mm-hmm. these mothers will sue her over oh, this. Yeah. And and that will just make all of it
0: worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This so, is this is a on, shit man. show. And this want to should screw not be happening. <laughs> they no. caught this guy. Now
1: let's do this correctly. Yeah. They say he has other lawyers on hold, and maybe yeah. I mean, I know that there are two already, mm-hmm. um, and I'm not sure the name of the other one. But yeah, I don't know. We shall see.
0: Uh, let's see, Katie. We did all your cases, right? Uh, the you. Oh, almost. <laughs> almost so we did yeah. not do Wondra.
1: Yes, yes. Talk to us about Sarah Wondra and.
0: Um, Sarah Michael Wondra Wong. looks like maybe. Now, Sarah Wondra back. This is uh. Back in what November she was found unfit mm. to stand trial, and. So this is in Michael Vaughn, in case uh, I'm not clear. This is in the Michael Vaughn case. And so Sarah Wondra was found not suitable to stand trial. And so we've just been waiting. She also had another case uh, pending against her uh, in federal court. So she's had Mm -hmm. a bunch of things. And we've just kind of been sitting around waiting to see what was going to happen here. Because uh, how long is she going to be unfit? In Mm -hmm. Idaho, if you're found unfit to stand trial... That means they put you in the mental hospital and they get you all spiffed up and send you back to court. Yep. Um, but that can take, the first uh, stay can be 90 days and the second one, if you're still not good to go, is 180 days. So
1: mm-hmm. we've been
0: waiting and wondering, well, guess what's showing up on the docket? She's Sarah Wondra has a preliminary hearing on the 7th of February.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, and a status conference on the 6th of February. So uh, it looks to us like Sarah Wondra is spiffed up and ready to come back to court. Yeah, that shall be interesting because once they didn't find a body there,
1: that has just gone radio silent, that Mm -hmm. whole case. And so we don't know what is going on there at all. And so to have her back out of the hospital and like her preliminary hearing, Mm -hmm. That should be really interesting. I'm kind of surprised there's time for a preliminary that like there's preparation for a preliminary hearing. Right. I would imagine the
0: status conference they decide to
1: push that back. That seems way too soon.
0: But where are the other charges? I mean, they had been Mm -hmm. promising they had charges pending for Stacy, her husband. Yeah. Um, they were still searching for those other two fools. Mm -hmm. And then this whole thing just went dead silent. So yeah, very curious to see what's going on.
1: Yeah. Maybe with this, at least we'll get some clue of what's up. Yeah. Now I know you all are talking about the Alex Jackson case. I don't know that case. It's not one we've been covering, but apparently, he was convicted for the murder of his parents and sisters today. Sister today, mm-hmm. three times murder in the first. So that sounds like that's good news. Mm-hmm. That's good yep. news. Uh, but, yeah, I'm very curious in the Michael Vaughn case what's going on. Because, yeah, it was like the cops discovered they screwed up. And mm-hmm. after that, everything got silent.
0: Yep. Yep. Pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yikes. All right.
1: Well, I think that's everything we have for you tonight. We're done a, okay. a, a few minutes early, but not that early. <laughs> um, if you, because we're auctioneers. Right. If you are a member of our YouTube channel or our Patreon, we will be live tomorrow night with the Psychic Hour, and we will be back next week with all our usual content. We'll be back up to three episodes, mm-hmm. because last week we did four, so we did two this week to try to, you know, take a little break. Mm-hmm. Um, And, of course, then the, the live stream case updates next week, too. We are in the process of recording two new Patreons, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one way to support us and get more content. We do two extra mm-hmm. shows a month for our patrons. So check us out on yep. Patreon. We're uh, True Crime Squad over there. And you know, as always, please like, subscribe, share, comment. Go to our website where you can leave us a tip. We're TrueCrimeSquad dot com in whatever way. Our patron, our Patreon is True Crime Squad. So it's just. Mm-hmm search for our name over there on patreon patreon patreon.com and you will find us and thank you for those of us those of you that have sent us coffees and sent us tips it's much appreciated uh we put a lot of time and energy into the show we really appreciate the support and yeah well you know just thank you and we'll we'll continue to provide more great content thanks you guys yeah so you know it we are the true crime squad thanks for being here
0: Take care.